like I was saying, I have the opportunity to be able to come up here and finish out the sermon series that Pastor CJ has been doing, um, the how-tos of human relationships. Um, we've learned a lot over the past few weeks. Um, and, not, and, you know, it's, it's kind of neat how, you know, you can take, what, take the Bible and, you know, you don't even have to dig in real deep. And you can get a lot of life lessons out of it, a lot of, a lot of ways that you can um, change your world around you. And, and tonight I think it is it's just the same. I had intended on preaching a different sermon um, that I had prepared myself um, on the Holy Spirit, but uh, Pastor CJ uh, asked me on Monday if I wanted to, uh, to try to do this. And uh, I prayed about it, and I looked over the notes that he'd given me, and I just I just prayed and prayed and prayed and that I I think this is what God wanted for tonight. Um, it only it's only fitting because it is a series. Um, but uh, tonight um, the title is how to grow in maturity. Um, and you know as as we all do we we all need the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is what enables us to become mature. Um, so and tonight that's what I, I want to talk about how to grow in maturity, how to relate to people more successfully through following biblical examples. Um, as you know, this is our last um, part in the how to how to for human relationships uh, series. So um, this will finish up the series, and when Pastor gets back, he'll probably start another one. You never know. Um, but the, our our turn in your go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Ephesians four eleven. Um, that's where we're going to start out um, tonight, and and we're going to be looking at uh, verses eleven through sixteen. Um, now, in, in these verses, it, it talks about, uh, um, you know, what God does. He appoints people as apostles and prophets and other things. And it also talks about the maturity of a Christian, how we are to become mature and not be wayward or, 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 or pushed to the side or, or to be um, going with the wind. And so we'll start in verse 11, and then we'll end in 16. So if it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's word for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Go ahead and pray with me. God, Lord, I just thank you, Father, for this, this section of the Bible that you have given us, Father, because it teaches us so much, Father. It teaches us your will for each and every person, God, that we would not continue to be infants, God, that we would, that we would grow in you, God. We would grow in the likeness of you, God, to become more like you, Father. And Lord, I pray, God, Lord, that each and every heart, Father, would be open to, to the message today, God, Lord, because I feel like this message comes from you, God, comes from your word, Father, and is meant for your people, God. Lord, I just pray, God, Lord, that you would help us, God, to look deep within, Father, into ourselves, God, into our, into our walk with you, Father, that it wouldn't just be some superficial thing, but God, down deep, down deep, God, we, we could search, Father, and we could find out, God, how we need to become more like you. Father, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' wonderful name. Everybody said, amen. All right, so God uses people in different kinds of ministries um, for the purpose of raising the level of maturity in the local body or in your church, in your home church. It's for edifying and literally growing the body of Christ. Now, we, we, when we talk about growing the body of Christ, 
Um, today, I'm not talking about in numbers. I'm talking about in discipline. I'm talking about in maturity. Um, it's one thing to grow in numbers, and numbers are great. Uh, you know, we, we want to add to the church daily in numbers. But if we add, add those in numbers daily, and we're unable to, dis- to discipline ourselves as Christians and disciple and help those that are new, infants in Christ, mature, then we've, we've not done our job. We've not done what the church was meant to be. God doesn't use these gifted individuals for their own good, but he has gifted individuals so that the body may mature and grow. Each and every one of us, each and every one of us have gifts. Some preaching, some singing, some cooking, um, some is just kindness, some is joy. With some, some there's a Barnabas. You know, Andrew, I spent a lot of time with Andrew, and to me, he, 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 is, he is my Barnabas. He is the one that encourages me. He is the one that, that, that helps me to, um, to see the good side of things. Um, and we need that. We need somebody like that in our life. Uh, otherwise, we just become calloused. Um, so, going back to, the, to being like infants, you know, in verse 14 it says, Then we will no longer be infants. We'll no longer be tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. You know, we're not, we're not going to be, to be persuaded by any false teachings. We're not going to give in easily to, to change in, in what we believe is true because what the Bible says is all we need. What the Bible says is true. And if something comes along and it's new and it's exciting but we've never ever heard it before and we can't find it in the Bible, it's, not, it's probably not true. Um, so... You know, it, it allows us to be cunning and, and, and to, to look past all that. It, it, it allows us to, to look past the craftiness of men. It allows us to speak in truth and in love. But that's only if we're able to grow up and mature in Jesus. I heard a story of a young lady being counseled by a pastor um, who's not from this church. It wasn't Pastor CJ or Ken. Um, but she, this woman, she's, she had a child, and she unfortunately got a divorce. Um, things didn't work out with her husband uh, for whatever reason, and uh, they got a divorce. And uh, during her post-divorce freedom and, and partying and, and living it up, uh, because she, you know, she was free, she was, she was out of that, um, that relationship, she was able to do whatever she felt like she wanted to do. Um, but during that freedom, um, she now got pregnant again. Um, and she was living with the guy, and she didn't love him. You know, she just made a mistake one night and had a consequence, and unfortunately we, we hear about that too often. But this, you know, this pastor was talking to her, and, you know, he, he asked her, you know, when you were growing up and you, you were in church, did you ever imagine your life would go in this direction? And obviously she would say no, no, I mean, What's wrong with me? What? Why? Why did this happen? I don't understand. You know, I was brought up in church. I did what I was supposed to do when I was a kid, but you know, I made this one little mistake, and now this happened. You know, the, it's 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 hard to tell somebody, you know, what 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 to do in that point. You know, you you just you want to cry with them, you want to help them as much as you can, but there's really only one thing, one bit of advice that can help that person in that time because it's not, it's not something they couldn't control. It was, just, it was poor judgment. It was poor actions. Um, and so this pastor, he just simply replied very sensitively, you just need to grow up. And I think we all need to hear that sometimes, myself included. You just need to grow up. 
She immediately knew what the pastor was, said was true. It was time to grow up, act responsibly, and live rightly. May I say that our generations represented here, probably have three, four generations here, including my own generation, that we need to grow up. And especially grow up into Him who is the head, Christ Jesus. It's time to leave behind infantile fit-throwing about getting what we want when we want it and grow up into perfect maturity. You know, I can't preach to you a three-point sermon tonight that will give you all the answers on how to mature because it's a process. It's something that, that, that takes time, that takes effort. It's not, it's not you go to sleep and, and tomorrow, bam, you're mature. It, it doesn't happen that way. It's a process. But instead, I'm going to give you some indicators that might help you accurately assess your spiritual journey towards maturity. Because how many knows we need to assess ourselves? We need to look inside ourselves and find out who we are and who we are in Christ. Because otherwise, the only thing we know is what the world tells us, what the world tells us we are. But God's Word, our internal looking at ourselves, will tell us who we are. First thing we need to know is we've got to know the difference between maturity and immaturity if you're going to know where you are at this time. So first thing, mature, maturing is normal. Maturing is normal. It is God's plan for your life. Maturing is attractive. It's useful. If, we're, if we don't mature, we're not effective. Immaturity that doesn't develop into maturity is monstrous. It's hard to overcome. You get in that place where you just, you, you just do the same thing over and over again. You get used to it. And it becomes hard to change. Back a long, long time ago um, in China, uh, Chinese noble women, um, they had their feet bound um, so that they would, wouldn't grow. And it worked. Did anybody ever ever see pictures of that? Um, you probably, some of us probably seen it in our, our history books or whatever. But they, they, they would bind their feet, um, put rocks, and they would tie their feet to get, um, against these rocks to keep them from growing. And so their feet, instead of growing the normal size, were very, very short. Apparently it was beautiful. It was, it was a, um, a thing of uh, prosperity, a thing of nobleship um, that they would do. But turns out it wasn't a very good idea. Um, their feet stayed immature and very small. And a lot of them got to where they couldn't walk. Um, you know, it t started out as, you know, something that they thought was a great idea. You know, let's, let's make the feet small because it's beautiful. But it doesn't work out because you can't walk. And a lot of times we do that. We do that in our own lives. We, we bind up something so they cannot develop and it becomes sick and malnourished. And a lot of times that, that's our walk with God. We, we ourselves are what's, what stunts our growth with, in, in the Lord. We ourselves are the one that do that. The decisions we make are the, are the, are the things that, that keep us from growing in Jesus. Baby Christians who do not quickly grow up into Jesus are a bad sign of maturity of the church in which they are brought to salvation. That's a hard part to stomach. Because, you know, when people get saved, it, it, it's hard to... to to live life with them. It's hard to walk life with them because we have our own life, right? But God has, he has called us to be disciples and to disciple others. And so if, if there's a Christian who's, who's if, if there's a, um, a continuation of Christians coming in, getting saved, getting saved, getting saved, but leaving and not being discipled and not growing and not maturing, 
then that I have to say that is that is that fault of the church of of the people in the church. I'm not saying that's happening here, but I I, I can't say otherwise. Um, you know, it it is we we may be discipling. You know, we can always do better, right? In everything, we can always do better in everything. Because um, the goal is to be like Jesus, isn't it? Um, and you know, we're not to that point yet. You see, as the church, it shouldn't be just about numbers. We're disciple and lead new Christians into maturity. Next, maturity, matur- maturing leads to success. It's going to be hard. A lot of tongue twisters here, maturing and maturing. So I'll try to pronounce, pronounce these things the best I can. Um, next, maturing leads to success. Immaturing, immaturity leads to bad decisions. You know, there's a little book of one-liner proverbs about life lessons that's it, it's pretty good. Um, the author interviewed lots of people about the greatest lessons they've learned in life. And uh, one of the lessons learned was from a boy who, while being interviewed, said, uh, you know, I, I've learned not to jump out of a second-story window without using... I've, I've learned not to jump out of a second-story window using a bed sheet as a parachute. It's probably a good lesson to learn. Um, hopefully we can be... Um, smart about it and uh, learn from his mistake and not our own. Another favorite one, and this one is is kind of kind of neat and and makes a whole lot of sense. Um, a 55 year old man said that uh, he's learned that if a man with money meets a man with experience, the man with experience will leave with the money, and the man who had the money will leave with the experience. Um, you find that true in, in in life, you know, maybe not with money a whole lot of times, but uh, you know. You uh, you step into a position, uh, maybe at work or or or, or wherever, um, and and you find out that uh, there's a lot of different uh, different areas that is needed. Um, you know, there's there's people who who are needed to to lead. There's people that need to follow. There's um, and a lot of times when we step into a, a new new position, a place of leadership, there are those that we can continue to learn from that maybe not have been as as there as long as we have or as far along as we have been. But uh, immaturity leads to bad decision and it paves the way for failure. Immaturity limits life. It limits my life. It limits your life. Because we're rebelling against the appropriate limits that have been put on our life by God. There are limits. There are limitations. Um... You know, we have that free will. We're able to make the choices we want. But sometimes those choices, as we read in the book of Genesis of Adam and Eve, that was a choice and ultimately led, led to death. If there was an incredible baseball player who could hit any pitch, I mean, curveball, slider, slurve, any, any pitch, no matter where it was at, he could hit it. But instead, he insists on running to third base after he hits the ball. He is never going to be any good. And that's an obvious choice. You know, you run to first in baseball, but he continually runs to third. It's like beating his head against the wall. He continually runs to third. He's the best hitter ever to live, but he, he, will, he, will, never, he will never be seen as being any good. He will never be seen as being great because he continually made the wrong decision. And a lot of times we make decisions like that, even though they don't seem so, so obvious. Immaturity is like a ping pong ball. Maturity is self-controlled. The Sermon on the Mount is not a list of rules to be followed. 
It's a mature way to live. In, in most Bibles, when you get to the Sermon on the Mount, it has a, it has a title, a heading um, called the Beatitudes. Um, and so it's not, these are not things that are given to you that say, you know, this is how you should act, this is what you should do, because that's what the Ten Commandments did for us. But what Jesus does with the Sermon on the Mount is he makes it personal. He makes it into our attitude, our relationship. And so all that comes back to maturity, how mature you are. You know, sure, if a man slaps you in the cheek, offer him the other. You know, it, it's not saying, you know, a person slaps you in the face that you give him the other and say, slap me again. It's not what it means. It means that you are able to make a response appropriate to what, what happened. You're not to act in anger. You know, if, if a, ma- a man compels you to go a mile and you go two, you have self-control. You go above and beyond what is asked of you. Not, not out of any, anything that you can gain. Not out of anyth- anything I can gain. But because that's what God r- desires of us. That's, our, that's what our attitude should be like. It's not just to do what we do to see what we can get out of it, but to do what we do for Christ. I know some people might say that, you know, in, in each of those situations where you turn the other cheek and you go two miles with them instead of one, that, that the, bad guy, the bad guy wins. Um, you know, he gets, he gets out of it what he wants. But, you know, it's not always about winning. It's not about getting your way. It's about maturity. It's about being self-controlled and proactive in your life. Maturity gives you the power of real choice, not reactionary living. You're able to make, when you're mature, you're able to make the choice of what to do instead of reacting to a situation. Point number two, immaturity or maturity in leadership. There's going to be one or two. There's going to be either maturity or there's going to be immaturity. Organization and leadership is part of maturity. Maturity loves order. I don't know how many people in here can say that they truly love complete order. Um, you know, following the rules all the time, not not thinking outside the box, um, just following following directions. Um, it's it's very unnatural for people um, to want to do that. Um, and so we can all say that we've got to mature some. Um, there's things that that our, our that our flesh and um, wants to wants to work against, but. Uh, you know, maturity does love order. Being mature is being able to follow directions, be disciplined. Immaturity is irresponsible and thoughtless. You know, kind of analogy. Um, you know, a baby sees a fire. I don't know how many people in here have had kids, but I have kids, and we've all been kids at one point. Um, so we can all relate to this at one point or another. But what, what does a baby do when they see fire? They go straight for it every time it, without fail. I mean, whether it, they think it's pretty, they want to touch it, they want to eat it, whatever, they go straight for it. Um, the baby, baby doesn't know that fire is going to kill them. The baby doesn't know that its immaturity can, add, can end badly. Um, they just go for it, and, it, and it's kind of odd how that happens um, with a lot of things in life. Um, but, you know, it's the same thing um, that's true for immature adults. Um, you know, we think, oh, it's pretty, we want it. I want to touch it. I want to eat it. We have that problem sometimes. Um, But most people who are not moving toward maturity 
are perfectly content with the mountains of immaturity in their lives. They stay immature because they like being immature. It's easier. It's, it's a whole lot easier to stay mature than it is to mature. Um, it's a whole lot easier continually doing the same things over and over again because it's, it's common. We're used to it. You know, the outcomes may never change, but you know what? We like those outcomes. That we're used to it. Um, so maturity is hard. It, it takes an effort. You know, and, and I've got a few things listed here to just uh, kind of compare ourselves. Um, so I'm going to compare babies to adults. Um, and since we're talking about immaturity, immaturity, obviously babies are immature. Adults, hopefully, are more mature. Um, and so babies are afraid um, all the time. My kids get afraid all the time of the dark. Um, adults are controlled. They're in control of themselves. Um, you know, the Bible, Bible says uh, not to fear for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Um, and so if, are, are we afraid of, of what's going on? Are we afraid at our, of, our, of our job? Um, are we afraid of what's, what's going to happen to our kids? Or do we hand that over and allow God to take control? Because that would be maturity. Babies, they're selfish. Adults serve others. Um, are we continually trying to find out what we can get out of, out of church or out of any relationship, a situation? Or, or is that what we're looking for? Or are we looking how we can serve others? And this church is great at serving others. I mean, we'll probably talk about the, the event that we had for Back to Church Sunday for the next g- generation. Because um, that, that was a hard thing to do. It took a lot of work, a lot of selflessness. Um, and so, are, 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 are you being selfless? Are you serving others? Um, are, are you aware of others' needs? A baby is weak. An adult is strong. A mature person is strong. Um, and strong in strength, but also strong in their faith. Strong in their, in their knowledge of Jesus Christ. A baby is unable to discern a lie. A mature person is able to see through lies. With maturity and the Holy Spirit, we're able to discern between truth and lies. Um, a weak Christian is not. Like, like our text says, they can be swayed back and forth. So are, 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 we, are we steadfast in what we know? Are, are, we, are we mature in our walk with God? Can we determine what is a lie and what is truth based on what the Bible says? Spiritual babies are constantly trapped by the same problems. They continually do the same things over and over again, whether it be sin of you know alcohol or or pornography or um, lying, cheating, stealing, um, or just not witnessing when you know you need to. Um, are, are we continually, do we ask for forgiveness and ask God to forgive us, which he is faithful to do? But do we continually go back to that same action, the same things over and over again? There are people who are spiritual morons. Moron meaning they know they made a mistake, but they refuse to learn from it. They fall for the same traps over and over and over again. Unfortunately, there's got to be a break in the cycle somewhere. 
And that's where, that's where we come in. Um, the Bible tells us that we, we are to point out these, these sins. We are to point these out as Christians, as fellow Christians, as brothers and sisters. We are to point these out and help to discipline each other, to help disciple each other through these problems, through these situations. That's what accountability is for. So I would encourage you to have an accountability partner if you don't. Um, very, very important to have. Babies, they need constant care. As you know, you can't leave a baby at home by themselves for very long at all. <laughs> Your house won't be there any longer. Um, big people, adults, grown-ups, mature people, they help take care of others. There are some people in church who care for nothing except to come to church to be fed. And if you think about it, the Bible the Bible tells us that we are to go and to preach and teach and we're, we're to, to, to disciple others. But if we're just coming to church and we're just being fed and being fed and being fed, um, it, it's like being fed naturally. If you continually eat and continually eat, pretty soon you're going to lose your appetite. And that's what happens if, if, if you just come and you, and you want to get fed, you will, con- you will start losing your appetite for the things that you're, that you're getting. And pretty soon you're not going to be hungry for it anymore. We've got to pour out what's been poured into us. You know, we, we come here, and, and church, church is meant for, for fellowship, for, for uplifting of the saints, for, for people to come together and to love on each other and, and show the love of Christ to each other. Because, you know, we don't get it a whole lot anywhere else. This is the place that we come for that. And, that, and that's, what, that's what church was intended for. And we also come and we get the Word of God. Maybe we learn something new out of the Word of God. That's great. That, that, that's great if we can do that. But we don't, we don't stop there. We don't stop there because if we're just getting it, we're just getting it, we're receiving it, we're receiving, but we don't ever pour out. You're going to become full. Babies, they want full freedom with no responsibility. Just like, just like my youngest son, every, Nearly every night when we, when we come here, normally I park across the street and we'll be walking out and he'll be standing beside me or holding my hand and we're about 10 feet from the road almost every time. He wants to let go and run across that road. You know, he wants the freedom to be able to go and, and run across the road all he, wants, all, he, all he wants, but he doesn't have the responsibility and he doesn't have the maturity to know that, hey, there's an, un- there's an incoming car that might run you over. That's my job. That's my job as a parent. Um, and so a lot of times, if, if we don't mature, we become, like, we become like that child who wants the freedom, who wants, to, who wants the job of, of, of being uh, the worship pastor, or wants the job of being uh, the, the greeter, or, 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 or work in children's church, or work in children's ministry, or, or young adults, or what, what have you. They want that job but they don't want the resp- responsibility that comes with it because it's not, just, it's not just a single moment thing. It's not just this service. It's a daily life. It's a daily thing that happens. Babies make no distinction between their emotions and reality. For the immature, how they feel is all, is all that reality is. For the mature, they can recognize that feelings are not always reality. Sometimes we get upset. Sometimes we, we get too upset. We get more upset than what the situation calls for. That happens quite often. Um, you married people, have you ever gotten a fight over something that you look back and you think, 
wow, really? Did we really fight about that? <laughs> um, you know, kids, did you ever get mad at a friend over something that was so small? And later on think, man, that was, that was, that was dumb. I shouldn't, have said, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have been that way because that didn't matter at all. I know I have. The awareness that how you, that how you feel isn't the center of the universe is a big deal towards maturity. The greatest roadmap to maturity that we can follow is going to be 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. And for those that are, that are more mature, that know, that know the Bible um, pretty well, this is a very common verse. Um, and if we can really understand this verse and we can really apply it to our life, it will really change us. Um, it will change how we act. It will change how we act towards others. Um, verses 4 through 7 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Maturity is patient. We have to have patience. It does not envy. We should not want what the other person has because we're jealous of what they have. Envy is an immature impulse to want something because someone else has it. Immaturity is conceited. Maturity is humble. Immaturity is self-centered. Maturity is generous. Immaturity is improper. Maturity acts in propriety. In the acting how you're supposed to, how you know you should. Immaturity is filled with anger. Maturity is calm. Immaturity is filled with evil thoughts. Maturity loves goodness. Immaturity loves and makes lies. Maturity rejoices in the truth. And you know, there's, there's even those that are that lie even when the truth would do better because it's just a common thing. It's, it's, they've they've, they've gonna, grown accustomed um, to the immature things. Maturity is faithful. Maturity is hopeful. Immaturity quits. Maturity finishes. Maturity is hard. Becoming mature is hard. You know, the best Christians um, that I've ever known, it seems like it seems like they're all up in age. Um, not just maturity in age, um, but maturity in, in how they act. Um, and as, as early Christians, we're, no matter how old or young we are, our maturity level is, will follow as we continue to learn in God's Word. You know, you can be a Christian for, for five years and no less than a Christian, and be less mature than a Christian who's been a Christian for two months. Um, 
It's all about how we, we strive. It's all about being intentional. It's about sacrificing the time that, that it takes to become mature, that it, that, that it takes to, to get into God's Word and to, to learn and, and to study and to, to meditate on what God has for us. You know, there's, a, uh, there's an acrostic for maturing, uh, um, an, an acrostic I had to look up because I didn't know uh, what that was, but acrostic basically is a poem. Um, and girls probably used to do this when they were in school. Some of the girls, you would write um, like a, a boy's name or whatever, and then you would make a poem out of it. You know, the first letter being the letter of the, of the guy's name or whatever. Um, Andrew probably done this too. He's laughing. So, <laughs> um, but this one is, is I sit. Okay. So in order to be mature, remember I sit. I sit. I have to wait. I. Have I have to wait. Okay, so the first I is going to be intentional. You have to be intentional in order to be mature. You can't just mature just willy-nilly and just one day, hey, I'm so mature and cool. And you have to be intentional about it. You have to want to grow. You have to strive and study, and you have to look at God's Word, and you have to pray and seek God and find out what He wants for you in order to become spiritually mature. The second letter is S. You have to be sacrificial. No pain, no gain, right? If we're not sacrificing time, if we're not sacrificing finances, if we're not sacrificing relationships for the, better, for, for the bettering and, and the furthering of the kingdom, then we're not going to mature. Maturing requires sacrifice of ourselves in order to grow. The second I is inspirational, not by might, but by God's Spirit. Inspiration means breathe in, be full of God's Spirit. And like I was saying before, we, I was going to preach on the Holy Spirit and, and what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But you know, maturity, maturity is hard, spiritual maturity is hard to gain if we don't have the help of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, I, I remember when I... As it's kind of a part of my testimony, but I remember when I was when I was a kid, I I got saved when I was 14 years old, and back then, um, I was I had a terrible mouth. Um, it would it would it would make anybody cringe, any mother cringe to hear their son talk the way that I did and act the way that I did. It was horrible. Um, but you know, I got saved when I was 14, and I struggled. I struggled with my mouth, with with controlling the words that I was saying. Um, and uh, I struggled with it for about a year, you know, and I, and I kept questioning whether or, not, whether or not I was really saved, you know, because a Christian, they don't talk like that, right? You know, they don't say bad words. They don't do bad things. Christians are supposed to be perfect, right? As an immature Christian, that's what I thought. But uh, when I was 15, about a year later, um, just a little under a year, um, at, uh, at one of our youth services that, at the, of the youth group I belong to, um, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And from that day on, I kid you not, it was just like lights on, lights off. Didn't have a problem with it. Um, so, you know, if, if, if you're going through life and, you, and you're struggling, you're having a hard time, you know, if, if, you're, if you're having a hard time finding, finding a way to stop the things that you're doing that you know is not right, whether it be your mouth like mine was or whether it be other things, the Holy Spirit can help. The Holy Spirit will help. It's amazing the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only do you get the, you know, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you get the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's great. 
that's great. But you also get an empowerment that comes with it that is unlike anything else ever that I've ever imagined um, could happen. Because wh- I, w- I, I was a very quiet and shy person unless I was around my friends. And then, as you know, I had a very bad mouth. Um, but when I got when I got baptized, I just got a courage. I got a boldness about me that was that was supernatural. Um, I wouldn't be up here in front of you unless I had the Holy Spirit with me. Um, there's just no way. Um, so the second I back back to that is inspirational. Got to have the Holy Spirit with you. Um, and T is you've got to be teachable. You've got to be leadable. This is the will of God for us to grow. If we're not if we're not teachable, if we're not able to be to be led in the right direction, to be discipled, then then we're not able to grow. I think we have to change this. Okay, so we're we're not able to grow if we're not teachable. If we're going through life thinking that we can find the find all the answers on our own, we can't. We have to have help. We have to have help from the Holy Spirit, and we have to have help from the from the others in the body of Christ, from our accountability partners, from the leaders and the teachers in our church. You know, there's 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 three types of people. All right, there's. We'll start with the hardest one. Stupid people. All right. People who don't learn from their mistakes. Now, that is the definition in, in the dictionary. Um, is a stupid person is a person who doesn't learn from their mistakes. We can also change that and call them immature. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to call those people immature people. People who don't learn from their mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. That's not the problem. The problem is not learning for it, not being, not learning from it, being mature enough to learn from your mistakes. There are smart people who learn from their mistakes. They make mistakes, yes, but then they learn from it. And then there are, there are those that, that God is really wanting us to be. There are those that, that the reason the Bible is here, the reason we have these, these parables, that we have these stories is it so that we can be wise people. We look at all these stories and we find these things that, you know, of, of immorality, of, of, of all kinds of sins. You know, we, we look at um, Jonah um, and all the, the stuff that he went through. You know, he ran and, and he got eaten by a whale and all that good stuff. How many of us have done that in our life? How many of us have run from the calling of God on, on their life? I know I have. I didn't get eaten by a whale, thank goodness. But I have, I have run from God's calling on my life. You know, if if we are to be wise, how God is has called us to be, he, what He intends for us to be. If we are to be wise, we are to learn from the mistakes of others. And there's there's a whole book here. It's full of people who make mistakes. Doesn't mean God doesn't love them, but they made mistakes, and we can learn from that. We can learn from that. Maybe they're maybe they were doing different things. You know, maybe they were farming or they were herding sheep. But we can still learn from their mistakes. And that's what God desires from us. That's why that's a lot of the reason why He gave us all these stories so we can learn from them. And so we are to be wise people. We are to learn from watching others' mistakes. You know, we can watch our friends make mistakes and learn from it. 
You know, I when I was a kid, I would make mistakes over and over again until I started getting older. I started getting more mature when I was a teenager. I remember I did that when I was a kid. The result was very, very bad. I, I, I used to talk back to my teacher, and I got in trouble for it one, one time. When I got home, I really got in trouble. I learned from that. I learned from that. I didn't do that again. So I, I was smart. But my older brothers, they, they, weren't so, they weren't so fortunate. They weren't so mature. They continually to make the mistakes. They, 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 they tried out all kinds of stuff. They tried drugs, alcohol, anything you can imagine. My, my, my older brothers did it. And, and, you know, that's not a testimony to what Satan did to them. But for me, it's a testimony of, that I can learn from that. And I did because I didn't do any of it. I learned from them. God allowed me to see what they were doing and to see that that's not the path I wanted. So whether I knew it or not at the time, at that moment I was wise not to follow their leading because they were leading me whether they knew it or not. You were leading somebody whether you know it or not, whether you were sitting down and having a Bible study with them or you just meet them passing them in Walmart or, or maybe it's a checker at, at, at Walmart or, or at Harps or, or Lowe's. Um, you know, you, you are leading somebody, whether you know it or not, just by what you do every day. So, this message is not real long, but I think it's appropriate, and I think it's, it's for everyone, including me. Um, if we are to, to reach our community, if we are to reach the people we love, if we were to reach our family, this is, the, this is the key. We have to be spiritually mature ourselves before we can reach those that are lost. Because it's like blind leading the blind. If you, are, if you are immature and you are unable to stand strong, you're, you're not going to be able to lead somebody who's needing God. You know, it's like, it's like a recovering alcoholic. He gets saved. You know, he's got a lot of friends that are still alcoholics in the bar. Two days later, he wants he's, he's going to go witness to him at the bar. More often than not, he's going to fail. And, it, you know, it, if, if we cannot overcome the sin and become more mature, we're going to fail when we try to witness to those that we love. Because... We don't have enough of God in us. We don't have enough of his word in us in order to, to not be swayed back and forth. So, Ephesians 14, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceit, deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Is that your desire tonight? Isn't that your desire to be more like Christ? To not, to not be so weak that you're swayed by any, by any teaching. Not to be so weak that, that your emotions affect your entire life. That, that how you feel is how your day goes. But don't we need to be more like Christ? When things were going bad for him, whenever... Whenever Judas betrayed him and, and all that began, 
all the the snowball effect when all began. He could have done he could have done something different. He's the Almighty. He could have done whatever he wanted, but he didn't. He stayed humble. And he and he took a punishment that he didn't deserve, but we did. And all throughout God's word, it continually over and over again, and I've I've already said it multiple times, God desires us to be more like him, to be more like him in every way. And so that we can touch our families. We can touch his children who are lost because that's the great commission, isn't it? For us to go out and to preach and teach and to touch lives, change lives. Here at New Song, we're, we're a fairly new church. We've grown tremendously over the last few years. I haven't been here for all of it, but we've grown tremendously. And I don't think that's by coincidence. I think that's by, by your heart, by your love, by the maturity of this church. And if we don't continually to grow, if we don't continue to grow, then we won't continue to see lives changed, soul saves, numbers added. So guys, if, if, if tonight, um, there's not going to be a formal dismissal, but tonight I would, what I want to do is I just want to f- everybody to find a place. I want you to pray. I want you to seek God and ask God, God, where do you want me to change? Where do you want me to mature at? Maybe you already know, but ask God to help you change that. Help, have him help you to move past this barrier that you're in. Maybe this is something that's been going on for a while and you've known it. Ask God to help you with that. He's faithful. He's faithful to do it. So guys, I thank you. I love you. Um, and uh, we're just going to end with that prayer.